Welcome to the Flamin Connect podcast, a podcast focused on the individual pieces that make up the larger community of people together doing what's right and making a difference. Today's hosts, we have myself, Trevor Grindy, Regan Kuntz, and Mitch Flamin. How fast can a pig run a mile? So, so is a pig faster than a human? I think so. I would say so too. I would say so. Okay, so like an average runner does a mile, ten, seven to ten minutes. So could a pig do a four-minute mile? Probably not. Yep, I'm gonna. You think uh, a pig could? Yeah, that's, that's a hell of a feat for a human. We go. That's I'm, twice I'm gonna. As fast. I'm gonna that's go around. Fast. That's record. That's record fast for a human. That's record. Well, it I is. guess it's record fast based on. Uh, I started training for a half marathon mm-hmm. here, so I'm getting back into uh, pace, yeah. Yeah. pacing, yeah. and that would be record speed for me. I'm going to go with a five-minute mile. Yeah, I was kind of in there, too. I would... So I would have to, when I first looked at this, I'm like, can a pig actually run a mile without stopping? Well, Doesn't matter. I'm go. assuming they're going without stopping. Okay. Um, One dollar. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I'll say six minutes. Okay, you guys are close. It's uh, seven minutes. Okay, seven minutes. Did you know drinking a banana milkshake can help cure a hangover? Is this like true or false? Or that's no, just, no. This you're is letting a, me know for next a, time. Did you know? Yeah. So alcohol is a diuretic, so that means you you pee more, mm-hmm. and that leads to dehydration. And that's what gives you the hangover. So uh, additionally, ingesting alcohol tends to deplete your body's mineral levels. So the milk in the banana smoothie works to rehydrate your body. It also, uh, you can count on the bananas to boost your nutrient levels like potassium. They're rich in electrolytes and magnesium. Bananas are also easy to digest, so that means they're easy on your tummy. And if you suffer from nausea under a hangover condition, the banana smoothie is ideal for that situation. And finally, if you (laughs) add honey to your banana smoothie, it acts to replenish your blood sugar levels. There you go. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just going to have a bunch of these frozen <laughs> in the freezer ready to just pull out. For <laughs> banana smoothies. <laughs> Did you know that corn is the most highly produced crop worldwide with a global production of more than 1.1 billion tons in 2020? It's almost double the production of rice and more than wheat, barley, and other grains combined. I would hate to be allergic to corn because corn is in everything yeah especially mm-hmm. south of the border mm. yeah i had popcorn last night speaking of corn and uh oh i like popcorn yeah i like popcorn oh too i and i think i like it because you can do so much different stuff with it so mm-hmm. the only thing though is so when you have like the popcorn maker where and there's a bunch of different cool ones where they it spits it out right into this bowl and then you just turn the whole popcorn maker upside down it's kind of mm. neat mm-hmm. um and we used to do that all the time and put uh coconut oil in yep. it uh, and now we're just back to the convenience of You'll all these kids. In the, nah, just throw that bag in the microwave oh, and yeah. deal with mm-hmm. it. But yes, so there was a time where Caitlin and I hammered popcorn. And you get, uh, well, I don't know if they're chicken wing spices or if they're popcorn spices, but that's the trick. If anyone's yeah. ever making good chicken wings, they're using like popcorn spices. And if anyone's oh, yeah. making good popcorn, they're yeah. using chicken wing spices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can do so much different stuff with them. What amazes me is like, 
you know, you have this giant vat of popcorn, and I will literally sit down and crush the whole thing. Same. But yeah. then I say to myself, well, it was really only this many seats. Like, yeah, I mean, it was really that, not much. <laughs> just the just salt. so I don't feel guilty. <laughs> just the salt and the butter. butter on the, I always yeah. use the Lowry seasoning salt. Oh, me too. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Um, do you guys know what brown butter is? No. Have you guys ever had brown butter? No. So that's no. a German thing as well. So brown butter essentially is burnt butter. You let it go through a process of basically it takes the milk fat and it burns it and it gives it a different flavor. We put it, you know, growing up, we put it on pierogies and all this sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But you put brown butter on popcorn and it gives it a nice flavor with a little bit of salt. It's fantastic. Nice. I think I've accidentally made brown butter. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, is this a yeah. joke? Yeah, no. Often on Sundays when I make eggs, I throw some butter in there and yeah. then I start prepping eggs and then it's brown butter. It's like, ah, I did it again. But it's yummy. So you, now you know it's supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did it on purpose good. because I have German descent. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Now You Know. It's the part of the program where we talk to people experts in their field, various varieties and various areas of farming. Today we're talking with David Fielding. I'd like to just discuss the fertilizer industry as a whole. And from from your um, expertise, where is this going? Where, where is the access to product? Um, what's going to change in the next 10 years with what's going on in the world? I just want to get your opinion on you know where that industry appears to be headed. So as far as movement fertilizer in general is not as sexy as equipment, right? There's there's not a new model of chemistry that's coming out on a daily basis or, or on a yearly basis when it comes to fertilizer manufacturing. Many of the things that worked 10,000 years ago are the same things that work today. It's just the manner in which we make them is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. In terms of overall pricing, we're starting to see a little bit of a decrease come off of, of a high from the last couple of years. Um, but outside of that, uh, fertilizer doesn't, doesn't necessarily change. How we feed our fertilizers, our, our, the, the attention we pay to soil nutrition and soil health, um, use of micronutrients as, as supplemental fertilizer, those are the things that change. But overall, the salts, the, the bones of our industry don't change a whole lot. So you mentioned slow-release nitrogen or just slow release fertilizer what's the difference in the how there why is that different than let's i'll just use the word like traditional fertilizer what's what's going on there so as a supplement to in furrow or broadcast or or soil bound nutrition you can you can choose you can intentionally choose when and where and how to feed your nutrients depending on which method you use. You can put all your groceries in the ground up front. You can put all your money in the ground and you can go to the lake. Or you can choose to take a portion of those nutrients and supply them through another mechanism. You can top dress, you can side dress, you can band it on, you can foliar feed. Um, And slow release nitrogen is one of the mechanisms that you can use in order to foliar feed the nutrients that you, you are intentionally hedging your bet against early on in the season. Got it. So when you hear people talk about staging your fertility program, that's um, referring to instead of putting it all, all the groceries in the ground at the beginning and going to the lake, you put some in, emergence happens. If the weather and environment looks favorable, then you can choose to add more groceries 
You that- can, yeah. It, it it can be opportunistic. I would say that the way that you described it is 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 opportunistic. Mm-hmm. You can also work it into a full farm program. Okay, so now I'm curious. This is, um, I'm always interested in good debates here, but I believe I've heard debate on if foliar feeding makes sense or not, or if it's even possible because the way that you get taught how a plant works when you're in school, not like post-secondary school, but like as a child, the mouth of the plant is in the root. So then it would be my simple understanding that that's where the food's got to go. So you're, you're telling me otherwise. You're saying foliar then goes through a different how. Can you touch on that a bit? Yeah. Um, let's, let's rewind the clock back a little bit. Let's go, you know, post-World War II. The, the U.S. had just dropped two nuclear bombs on another country. And as a result, there's radiation fallout that takes place. Well, unintended consequences means that that's going to affect the ground for years and years to come. And some of the research dollars that originated from um, the United States went into research on how radiation was going to affect plants in the event of a nuclear fallout. And what they did is they attached radioactive ions and fed them through the leaf or, or tracked their translocation from the leaf surface through the plant down to the root system. And so from that point forward, that, that, that was kind of the baseline of, of, of time and, and technology that said, translocation of nutrients, be they radioactive or not, is possible from the leaf surface because radiation doesn't necessarily propagate through the ground. It propagates in the air. It drops through water droplets onto a leaf surface and then translocates to the soil. There's a lot of great takeaways from this conversation. Thanks a lot, David. We're going to move on to our uh, last segment of our show today, and that's an interview with our special guest. Our uh, guest today is Derek Smith from the PA Store, sales guru. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. No, thanks for having me. It's always great to sit down and talk with some intelligent people. Yeah, they're coming later. Yeah, co- <laughs> What's with the air quotes? Yeah, collectively we're pretty smart, but uh, you split us apart and uh, I don't know. How's your day going today? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Getting close to the end of the month here, so trying to wrap up a few deals and always looking to... Uh, looking to work hard and move on that next deal. If your customers were to describe you, who's Derek Smith to them? Like, what would they say about you? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of them will say very organized, very loyal. We'll get back to you all all the time. Like if it's not the next day, it'll be the next day. Sometimes if you're out the road or busy in the summertime, uh, things are flying pretty, pretty fast and furious, but just the loyalty and, and, uh, giving giving it my best and always fighting for the best price for that like i know we, we all work for making margin to make it good money and love doing it of course but uh also on the other side we want to want to keep that guy and want to yep. even if it's uh have to beat it a little bit this time mm-hmm. and get it back from the next time type of thing it's yeah. always a little give it chase and yeah yeah and uh you know uh i guess outside of the the flamin career i know lots of my farmers outside of the career too outside of the sales industry and yeah and uh have coached some of their kids and in, in some of the sporting events that i've uh coached over the years and get to know them that way and just that personal touch for sure mm-hmm. um probably one of my 
better customers is 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 our competition is uh, Murray Murray Watchell from <laughs> from the Lake Country Co-op. Like I coached his kid way back in volleyball in the day, and mm-hmm. and he's just gotten to be real good friends with me, and and we stay in touch, and we're staying talking talking staying on top of things in the in the competition world and yeah if he needs a quick fan in september because his customer's looking for one we're always we're always wheeling a deal and so yeah i know it's awesome i remember back um you know i guess it'd be 10 12 actually 15 years ago now when i worked for ralco and uh, vaughn wyatt was one of my customers he used to sell him radio advertising and stuff and he always used to say i i just want a deal that's good for you and good for me you know don't don't make it too good for you and don't make it too good for me because that's not long-term business. Create something that works for the both of us and that's long-term business. Yeah, for sure. Like everybody's in business, right? Everybody knows they got to make a little bit to, to yeah. keep everybody fat at the table. So, yeah, yeah no. You know, that's that reminds me, that was something Grandpa Frank always said. And so we would always call it, or it was taught to me, it was called like puppy dog selling. So it was, he was never worried about the first deal. Right, so there was something like, and puppy dog selling is when someone gets a puppy. Okay, so you know what? Why don't you just take it home? And if and if it doesn't work for you, then bring it back. Well, it, it didn't matter if it was tires for a vehicle or a tractor or a. He was famous for bringing in uh, jackals and stuff. He's just just take it and. If it doesn't work, bring it back. Well, no one ever brought stuff back. Just like no one would ever return a puppy. But it was all the the philosophy there, from my understanding as a kid, was it was always about there was a long play there. Like, no, no, no. We're just here to give you a solution. And if it can help you out, you'll come back. And I think it kind of speaks a little bit to what you're saying. Like when you get this relationship and if you can make it a good deal for everyone, that's the goal for everyone at the end of the day. No, I've really liked uh, the the demo days and all of taking the thing out. Like you say, <laughs> not much comes back ever, yeah. and and just being able to try it. I guess I'm a I'm a real hands on learner, not real just looking at notes and learning it that way. I gotta I gotta sell something. I gotta have it in my hand. I gotta operate it and touch and feel with, it. Touch and feel it and work with the guys with it. Yep. And and uh, the more you do that, uh, just the demo days like that, uh, yeah. demoing those pertons last uh, last couple of years with the moisture testers. I uh, set it up on farm. Show them how to use it and call them a week later. You want me to come pick that up? No, you better just leave that. Just send me, <laughs> send, send me the invoice. It's working pretty good for you me. You better leave this puppy right here. The, yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. The, the Purton puppy dog. <laughs> yeah. And then further to the puppy dog, though, then the puppy will need some food and toys yeah. and a bed. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and a little right. nurturing. Yeah, those too. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly yeah. Right. No, I think it's, uh, it all comes, comes, comes together as one. So you touched on, you'd mentioned something about coaching there. Tell me a little bit about that. I feel like there's a Derek Smith side of life outside of this place called Flamin. And uh, t- tell me more about that. Yeah, I guess uh, before Flamin, I've, I graduated from University of Saskatchewan with a kinesiology degree, which is a big word for physical education. <laughs> uh, so yeah, from there, I, I took uh, did some uh, municipal government for about 10 years before Flamin's recreation directing with the town of Bigger and recreation coordinating with the CDPA and and uh, just with uh, our kids growing up they were heavy into fastball and basketball and volleyball the gym sports in the summer and field sports in the uh, field sports of the summer gym sports in the winter and just took a real knack to getting keep keeping kids active mm-hmm. so yeah, I've done a lot of coaching in the community. We started uh, 
Prince Albert Community Basketball Association probably about 15 years ago. Uh, just recently, in the last couple of years, passed that uh, hat on to another guy to kind of take it. Our kids are older and growing through some of those youth sports. But uh, so, yeah, back in the day, lots of coaching, getting getting kids active with programming through the city, but then also kind of in the extracurricular time that I had, uh, yeah. took on coaching. So was really successful uh, in coaching some of those teams. We went on to win a few national champions, Western Canadian championships. So, nice. yeah, it was awesome. And just some of those efforts paid off in the last couple of years and was inducted into the Prince Albert Sports Hall of Fame. You were. Yeah. 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 Very cool. So I'm actually a, a three, three-timer three in that. Back in the day, our, our fastball team won uh, back-to-back uh, midget national fastball championships, 95-96. So we went in as a team of, we got inducted as a team. Cool. Uh, so then that was quite a, quite a few years ago. And just recently was inducted as a as an athlete and a builder meritorious service. So I'm actually in the Prince Albert Hall of Fame under three categories. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. amazing. Yeah. So, so what's your, if you had to pick one, what's the most memorable moment you got in your sports career, but specifically on the coaching side? Coaching side, organization side, um, probably the biggest one that we've pulled off to date was the 2018 World Junior Softball Championships. I guess I never coached in that, but I was a co-chair for the event, and uh, we brought in, I believe it was 12 countries came to Prince Albert over 10 days and competed for an under-19 Junior Men's World Championship. So I was a co-chair for that, and it was it was a long two weeks. I was actually a long five years and pulling it all off and getting the diamonds built and making this championship the best it can be. And so yeah, no, that was probably one of my top um, coaching slash organizing cool. organizing uh, entities. So, what about as an athlete? As an athlete, hmm, yeah, I've done a lot of sports, lots back in the day, uh, mm-hmm. recreationally now, of course, just. Uh, uh, pick up beer league ball yeah. and <laughs> yeah. some co-ed volleyball <laughs> but uh, I don't want to get hurt too much nowadays like getting old <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but as an athlete uh, probably winning that back-to-back uh, midget Canadian championship um, we're Saskatchewan team we went out to actually we only had to go out to Winnipeg to play that championship but we had to play Ontario's and like who's PA when you're playing against some Ontario team, these big guys. Yeah. 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 But we took them all out and we won the championship. I was named the the tournament MVP for pitching every game in the in yeah. the playoffs. So yeah. unreal. Yeah. So yeah, no, that was fun. And then next year, ninety six, we actually hosted the championship in Prince Albert. So we were coming in as the defending champions and we were getting the crowds because Prince Albert is a fastball town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real deep and lots of people come out and watch it in Prince Albert. So yeah, it was good. We had probably a couple thousand people watching that final game and I don't remember who we beat. We beat him good though. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and our and our big thing in ninety five was after we won we we did snow angels, well dirt angels in the, oh, yeah. in the infield day. Eh? And so as soon as 96 hit in front of the hometown crowd, we were on the dirt and, <laughs> and doing the angels in the dirt. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. So I've known you for probably close to three years now since I've been with Flamins. I would never picture you to be a really fiery, competitive guy, but I do know that you've got a sporting background. Having said that, though, about two weeks ago, I went and watched your son play, uh, who plays for the U of S Huskies men's volleyball team. 
and I saw your fiery, compassionate side come out because we we sat behind the court, and the whole time he's just beaking the other team. Oh, that's not a very good serve. <laughs> <laughs> Almost to the point where I was kind of pulling my hood over my head a little bit. Yeah, for sure. yeah. No, it comes out. Uh, <laughs> it comes out. And for surely, it's in the sporting yeah. side that it comes out. Otherwise, I'm a pretty relaxed guy yeah. and just take awesome. it all in. And, but yeah. yeah. Uh, the sporting yeah. brings out brings out. Yeah. The, the, but you the, knew all the kids on the opposite team, though. So you're beaking them by name, and you knew actually how to maybe get under their skin yeah. a little bit, right? So it was, yeah, yeah. it was awesome. Well, we did have a real good experience this past summer out at Canada Games. My my son plays with the Husky Volleyball now, but he played with Team Saskatchewan last summer, and they got to experience the Canada Games uh, out in Niagara Falls. So we uh, we actually. Uh, our team won the Canada Cup about a month prior to going out to Niagara Falls. So Canada Cup's kind of like the Nationals yeah. preview before Ca- Canada Games. So we won that. So we were like, oh, shit, the guys maybe peaked a little early here. Yeah. We're going to have big X on the back coming in here. And and uh, they went into Canada Games and they ended up winning it all. But just that uh, that vibe in the crowd and the gold medal final, even the semifinal and the, and the, exciting, and the quarterfinal was so exciting, so so packed crowd and and yeah we did a little bit of beaking and I think, <laughs> I think we did we, we, we owned a little bit of that gold medal I'm sure me and a couple other parents yeah uh, <laughs> so do you get more fired up watching your kids than when you played yourself I think I probably do nowadays like I, I like I'm pretty competitive on the court mm-hmm. and I, I do remember being fired up but I think uh he doesn't get fired up. I think I I help him get fired up. He's pretty, <laughs> he's pretty calm and collective yeah. on the court. He's not a yeah. not a over the net talker, yeah. between the net talker kind of thing. Where I was a little bit uh, <laughs> like that. Yeah. But like you said, when yeah. I'm outside the court, I'm I'm pretty relaxed and pretty low key. Yeah, <laughs> so I, you wouldn't see it in me. I, I was gonna say I wouldn't guess. It's clear he just comes to work to relax. Yeah, <laughs> a long <laughs> weekend to, to a relax. Weekend sleep in till nine. Go home at four. <laughs> yeah, sell yeah. hard in between. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, one one question, kind of in three parts. Then, so, what's your favorite sport to play? Favorite sport to coach? Favorite sport to watch? Hmm, interesting, interesting. So probably sport to play just because I continue playing it nowadays is fastball. I still play men's fastball in, in PA and I've loved fastball right from day one. Watch dad play fastball right through uh, every little hometown, every little community had a fastball tournament way back in the day. Yeah, and yeah. mom and dad would just throw us in the camper we're going to the fastball tournament for the weekend and a couple of us kids would have our own little tournament going on the side just with yeah. bat and ball or <laughs> so no I think fastball is in my family from from day one and I kind of try to carry it on even though my kids don't play uh we're still looking to host championships in yeah. PA and still involved in that so I think that's probably second part uh was the coaching coaching probably was the volleyball I, I like the I just like the dynamics and keeping on our side and our own strategy in our defense and off- offensive strategies basketball was way too hard to coach like <laughs> i like i like organizing it but too many moving parts eh? it's yeah. like kind of like hockey and football <laughs> yeah couldn't get it eh? so I, I just like coaching uh i really like coaching uh, volleyball and was successful a couple of years ago and named uh sask volleyball's coach of the year just before wow. oh, nice. i packed that yeah in there so <laughs> so yeah that was uh and then what was the third part of the question 
favorite sport to watch? Favorite sport to watch. So I don't watch much TV. I don't, we don't. It can subscribe. be live. Yeah. Oh, live. I love live events yeah. for sure. Love live events. I love going to the different stadiums. Like we've traveled quite a bit in our days and, and always like to take in a basketball game, a football game, a hockey game kind of thing. So I love to see yeah. live sports yeah. any day. Yeah. But to watch probably basketball again on TV, that's kind of my, my if I could watch the last 15 minutes of the fourth quarter of every game kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. it kind of bores me the first three quarters. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Baseball, that me takes too. way too long. I can't, I can't sit for four hours. <laughs> golf, well, I love golfing on Friday afternoon but watching it kind of boring too <laughs> I can get into the playoffs so like playoff atmospheres I like Friday after lunch yes Friday tournament. about 4 o'clock we'll see we go golfing I don't believe you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so one thing I do know is you are a very big uh, music goer as well you guys love going to concerts what would the top concert you've ever been to be Hmm, been to a few, not a whole bunch, but one of my buddies has a in at Credit Union Center for a box. So he's been inviting us last two years to lots of concerts. Yeah. So we did see Metallica a couple of years at Credit Union, and that was a really good concert. It was pretty, pretty amazing for sure. But, um, yeah, we just love the local local vibe, the local mm-hmm. scene, the live music at uh, some of the local venues in Saskatoon and whatnot. So we've kind of grown. We got a cabin at the lake too, so we we like to host people and have live concerts. So we've yeah, had two I heard years that. in a row now. We've had different bands come in and play in our back deck. And uh, last year, new up and coming. Uh, 19 year old maybe he's 20 now jake vadeland and the sturgeon river boys if you guys ever get a chance to see those guys live unreal 19 20 year old that's just coming up in the little bit of bluegrass runk rockabilly they kind of call it nowadays i think but uh i think he's on on his way to nashville one day so oh wow um we hosted him last year we know his parents uh really uh well in prince albert here so uh, he's got an upcoming concert at the Rawlinson Center coming up uh, this week, February 1st. And if you get to see Jake Vadalan, yeah, go go check cool. him out. Nice. Super yeah. cool. So other than that, just all, all the local bands and just love live music for sure. Does Is there a lot of local um, musicians in Prince Albert? Like is Prince Albert a fairly musical city? I would say not. Like yeah. just not as much uh, opportunity for for places to play yeah. not like saskatoon right there's there's lots of we, we love saskatoon we love coming there our kids both go to school in saskatoon so we come and visit quite a bit on the mm-hmm. on the weekends and check check the check some and broadways out yeah. yeah yeah do some dancing that's sweet so what was it like growing up for you derek um how many siblings do you have what were your parents like where are you from yeah i'm from mcdowell saskatchewan oh. so not <laughs> even too far from no. pa here about 20 minutes south south of pa so yeah. Don't uh, didn't venture off too too far. Uh, grew up as a cattle farmer. Dad was a cattle farmer. We grew some grain on the side just uh, just uh, to feed the cows. Yep. And uh, yeah, did lots of hard work back in the day and uh, cattle farming and calving and mm-hmm. minus thirty five degree weather, January mm-hmm. weather. Not like they do it now. They make it so easy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Let them out in the pasture and they calve in April and May. Wow. Yeah, that's so, sunshine. What is going on, Dad? <laughs> but anyways, yeah, no, did lots of that back in the day. Um, 
Uh, I have two sisters. Colleen uh, lives in PA. Her husband works for Sask Energy. Uh, she's a teacher assistant. And my other sister passed away about 20 years ago now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, it was a car accident, Saskatoon. I could talk about it a lot easier now than yeah. a lot, long mm-hmm. time ago. But uh, yeah, she just had, there was a Sammy that hit her on college drive and it was a month before her, she was getting married to a guy. And, oh uh, no. Okay. Yeah. So it was really sad. And Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, twenty years goes goes by, and, mm-hmm. and I still think of her, think of her, think of her lots. But uh, yeah, so I had two sisters. I got one now, and you're oh, just a young buck, o- older, oh, younger. Yeah. Where do you fit? So I'm the oldest in the family. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm the oldest, and I got two younger two younger sisters that uh, used to pester me a lot for sure, and <laughs> I got back at them a few times. <laughs> I, uh, I always found humor in. Uh, so when Prince Albert came to the one Christmas party in Saskatoon. And we sat down. We've known Derek here for a long time. And he starts talking about, like, his kids and they're in university. I'm like, Derek, how old are you? Like, Derek's been, I don't know, stuck at, like, 30 years forever. <laughs> and then you learn that he's got kids in university. Like, Derek, how old are you? Well, but, I just turned 46 a couple of days ago on January 26th. Wayne Gretzky's birthday, too. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I always remember that. My mom and dad wrote, well, I guess I should have said that. I gave the punchline away. Got a letter from Wayne Gretzky back in the day when I was like five or six. I loved him. I born on the same day. Loved him. I took Oilers growing up. Well, find that letter. Yours, mom and dad had wrote that letter to me <laughs> oh, from, right. Wayne Gretzky, so from Wayne Gretzky, but he was still my idol, and yeah. we still share a birthday together. So, yeah. but a sad note too: Kobe Bryant died on my birthday, and Kobe Bryant was probably my favorite basketball player. I've seen him live a couple times play basketball, and and he passed away with his daughter on yeah. January twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. So, remember that day we were coaching, coaching club volleyball. It was a Sunday, so we were coaching and. One of the kids was on, while we were on water break, he's checking his phone, of course, and Kobe Bryant died. What? No way. And sure enough, I was just like, oh my God. That yeah, hit yeah. me hard that day. Really? I remember that, yeah. Because yeah. he was kind of my idol for sure in, yeah. in a basketball world and seeing him live play and he's just unreal. And It was like, it was bitter. I've seen him play live too. And it's bittersweet to watch because he's so good. But like watching him live, I was, it was kind of like you were watching five people play one guy he just gets the ball he just comes in does his own thing it's like and then they go back and then you do it again like what are we doing here but when you just watched him as a guy he was phenomenal like talent like you hadn't and i didn't understand that until i actually saw him live you didn't get a grasp on how good he really was until like he was right there in front of you. Well, I scored 81 on the Raptors, I think, one of just before, a couple years before just he one passed guy. away. Like one guy, 81 points. Like I think Wilt got 100, but that was when you could stand in the key and he was seven foot six or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess just thinking farming back in the day, just one of my first memorable moments, just as a kid you know, back at the farm was, was just grandpa, grandpa, uh, my dad's dad. I didn't know him very long because... I think he passed away when I was about five, but uh, just riding in, in the tractor and feeding the cows with them. And there was this one white button. It must have been a timing thing with the radio or something, but it must have been in the tractor the same day, but hit this white button. It was a, a rooster. Eh? It was a rooster. So I was like, oh, that white button day. Eh? But when I started driving that tractor 10 years later, it would never... It would never do the rooster thing for me. So <laughs> <laughs> it must have been. It was just grandpa making things up and 
just dropping bales. I remember one time we were feeding and got the, the feeders, the round hay bale feeders, and we were dumping one in. Well, he didn't look. There's a cow that got caught inside, dumps a bale, and it, oh, then shit hits the fat, right? <laughs> Outside, Dad, where are you? And I'm, I'm a, I think it was only like four or five, so I just got hanging around looking. At it. Yeah. They're just yelling and screaming and trying to get the cow out from the bale <laughs> feeder. But that was some of my... my yeah fun favorite moments of living on the farm who who would have been uh, somebody you remember as being a, a mentor somebody that you learned a lot from whether it be personal or business wise uh, right for sure for sure dad like uh, followed him around uh, all over the farm and he taught me lots of good things and bad things and uh, <laughs> but yeah I just remember like when I was 12 or 14 we were kind of starting about what am I going to do when I grow up and he just no you can't be a farmer you can't like you you don't want to do this you don't want to do a, be a cattle farmer it's too hard eh? it's okay okay but we love sports right so then I kind of want to maybe a teacher phys ed teacher so yeah. they always kind of push me that way but now that I wish I man I wish I would have been a farmer <laughs> <laughs> I just love that lifestyle that they live in uh, I guess we still own some land and we rent it out nowadays but uh, uh, to start farming nowadays would be would be very very hard I think uh, with the price of equipment the price impossible. of land and merely possible like and you got to be a big well, not big farmer, but you got a significant mm-hmm. to, to maybe make a go of it. So, no, um, we always have the farm to go back to. We we'll always cut the grass back there and oh, yeah. make sure everything's good. And mom and dad kind of travel between Candle Lake and Arizona and the farm, so yeah, they're they're happy. So you guys are doing some maintenance stuff. when they're away, doing the things, which right, is great. Yeah, Works getting, well the, getting the tractors, uh, yeah. pushing the snow, keeping oh, yeah. the driveway cleared, looking like it's still yeah. being vacated yeah well it's good for your kids too to still have that exposure to the farm right? yeah for sure and who knows maybe maybe one of them will take up something that'll become farming yeah. related nowadays exactly yeah. actually my my uh my my oldest 22 year olds so yeah we did start early Mitch. yeah, yeah. We, started <laughs> early. we got going early and like it, but loving in the end here they're they're we're empty nested we're mid 40s loving yeah. life that's and unreal so yeah no it's a little bit of win-win i guess eh? yeah but yeah my oldest is a third year engineering and right now he's doing a, a internship with Callian engineering so mm-hmm. just a company an engineering company he's a computer engineer is what he's going in for so way above my head for sure um, but he got assigned to uh, Precision AI, which is a Saskatchewan oh, wow. farming company that's working yeah. on the 25-foot yeah. drone that's coming out in the next couple of years. So pretty exciting. I was like, that's yeah, cool. showing him, seeing these guys at the farm show. That drone is huge. And yeah, he's computer programming it right now. I don't that's know what part great. of it, that's but amazing. That's cool. I said, make sure you leave your name, leave your mark on that. So yeah, he's just in an internship right now. So he'll come back after after working with Callian here and go back into his fourth year and hopefully stay in Saskatchewan. But you know that's agriculture. That's your contribution to the ag industry, right? Or your dad's contribution, right? You grew up on the farm. Ironically, ended up back in the ag industry. Mm-hmm. You know, had that influence on your kids. Now your kids, even though they're taking an engineering path, back Might into the ag industry, the right? Industry, yeah. No, just through COVID, we talked a lot about when COVID was going on and what industries will yeah. survive. And agriculture has to happen all the time, right? They, yeah, they will mm-hmm. farm. They will produce we have to yeah. we have to have food right so anything in the agriculture industry is only going to be there in the future yeah do you have a motto 
No, live life to the fullest. There I think go. that's my motto. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's on my Twitter or Instagram. So I think I must have come up with that someday. One day, <laughs> stick with that. Yeah. Would you consider a hot dog a sandwich? A hot dog a sandwich. Now we're getting deep. I need deep. to know. <laughs> <laughs> I love crushing hot dogs, but it's not a sandwich. No. No, it's served on a bun. So anything that's on a bun, I don't consider a sandwich what about a hamburger it's not a sandwich okay bologna sandwich we're getting somewhere yeah no we're getting somewhere some butter some mustard piece of meat and cheese that's a sandwich (laughs) what if you cut the hot dog in half like butterflied (laughs) it and then put it on bread would it be a hot dog sandwich it would be yeah (laughs) and i've actually had hot dog pizza before like we would always make fun of uh pizzas and whatnot and our ball team would play out in the Canwood tournament some people probably played in the oh I, play, I played the there yeah S- summer fest yeah so anyways yeah we were talking about oh it'd be great to have hot dog pizza so sure enough the next year some guy made up a bunch of hot dog pizzas <laughs> roasted them over the fire and oh the, how they were good I love pizza I just love pizza so I could eat pizza all the time yeah <laughs> any time of the day <laughs> Okay, one final question. If you could go back in time and tell your 18-year-old self one thing, what would it be? Holy 18-year-old self. Never quit. Always work hard. Just keep going every day. That's that's kind of my, my philosophy is wake up, contribute, go to bed. And I don't like people that slack off or, or don't put their time in. Uh, so... That's one thing I guess my, my youngest is Ethan. He, he's uh, the oldest seems to really drive and take initiative, that type of thing. But my youngest is still lacking in that. So that's one thing I'm going to work on with him is get mm-hmm. up and work hard and, and uh, get put up your at time nine, in. Nine o'clock, go put your time <laughs> until four. Yeah, until that's four, right. Go golf, <laughs> golf course. <laughs> golf a golf course, watch a hockey game, go coach a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, Derek. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to Flamin' Connect. For Mitch Flamin' and Regan Kuntz, I'm Trevor Grindy. Join us next time. Talk to you soon.